poets and intellectuals of this time, the innovative minds, the intelligentsia, those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers, the revolutionaries, those living apart from this big unrest, those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original and brutal. You have tuned into the Bohemian Beat. I'm Rudy, with you for the next hour with poetry and music. And let's settle in with some music. Dear Marie, tell me what it was I used to be. Oh, dear Marie, tell me what it was I used to be. And if you're further up the road, can you show me what I still can't see? Remember me. I'm the boy you used to love when you were 15 Remember me I'm the boy you used to love when you were 15 Now I wonder what you think when you see me in a magazine From time to time I go looking for your photo Online. From time to time, I go looking for your photograph online. Some kind of judge in Ohio is all I ever find.
Mayer with Dear Marie from his album Paradise Valley. Today we will start with a sonnet by Shakespeare, considered the world's greatest dramatist and finest poet England has ever produced. Shakespeare's characters, language and stories are a source of inspiration, quotation and imitation. Many words and phrases that first appeared in his plays and poems have become part of our everyday speech. Examples include such common words as assassination, bump, eventful, go-between, gloomy and lonely, as well as familiar phrases as fair play, a foregone conclusion and salad days. Shakespeare has so saturated modern culture that many people who have never read a line of his work or seen one of his plays performed can identify lines and passages as his, like to be or not to be. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. Parting is such sweet sorrow. A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. And a horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. Shakespeare's poetry is full of vivid metaphors and brilliant images. This next poem by Shakespeare is called Farewell, Thou Art Too Dear For My Possessing. Farewell. Thou art too dear for my possessing, and like enough thou knowest thy estimate. The charter of thy worth gives thee releasing, my bonds in thee are all determinate. For how do I hold thee but by thy granting? And for that riches where is my deserving? The cause of this fair gift in me is wanting, and so my patent back again is swerving. Thyself thou gavest, thy own worth then not knowing, or me to whom thou gavest it else mistaking. So thy great gift upon misprision growing comes home again on better judgment making. Thus have I had thee as a dream doth flatter, in sleep a king, but waking no such matter. Ain't no use in turning on your light, babe 
more the dark side of the road still i wish there was something you could do or say something to make me change my mind the Bohemian Beat, broadcasting nationally since 2007 across the community radio network.
We just heard Melanie with Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. And before that, John Neville reading a sonnet by Shakespeare called Farewell, Thou Art Too Dear for My Possessing. There are so many ways poets express their farewells. In this next poem, the poet speaks of her last horse ride before she parts from her lover. The poem, Our Last Ride, is by the poet Rhoda Civil. She was born in Ireland in 1874. She lived in Canada and died in 1962. And this poem comes from her collection, Voices from the Range, first printed in 1911. Our Last Ride by Rhoda Civil. We drifted out west together in the light of the dying day. The town faded far behind us, bathed in its gaslight ray. The smell of the rain-swept prairie blew up to us strong and sweet, and all the music we needed was the ring of the unshod feet. We thought of the days that were over. We thought of the days that would be. We thought of the present in silence when you'd say goodbye to me. I see your face in the shadows just as I did that night, though it's years since we drifted together out in that fading light. The smell of the silver sagebrush, the moan of the western wind as it blew around our faces, it all comes back to my mind. We said goodbye and we parted, and your trail was new cut and strange, drifting apart to meet no more our last old ride on the range. Yet I never see a sunset, but that ride comes back to me. In the wave of the silver sagebrush, once more your face I see. The south wind calls me to you, so warm and strong and sweet. And your voice is still with me, tender and true, in the music of unshod feet. Sixteen, one or two With eyes wild and green You ride the horse so well Hands light to the touch I could never go with you No matter how I wanted to Ride on I could never go with you no matter how I wanted to Ride on See you I could never go with you no matter how I wanted to When you're riding 
the night without a trace behind. Run your claw along my gut one last time. I turn to face an empty space where you used to lie and look for the spark that lights the night through a teardrop in my eye. Ride on, see you. I could never go with you no matter how I wanted to. Ride on. I could never go with you no matter how I wanted to was Christy Moore with Ride On and before that a poem called Our Last Ride by Rhoda Civil, read by Echo Roy. It's not always about lovers parting and saying goodbye. How about saying goodbye to the world, living as a hermit, renouncing? In this next poem by the American transcendentalist poet Ralph Waldo Emerson called Goodbye, the speaker berates false pride and flattery of the world and announces his retirement from life's difficulties. Goodbye by Ralph Waldo Emerson Goodbye, proud world, I'm going home. Thou art not my friend, and I'm not thine. Long through thy weary crowds I roam, a river arc on the ocean brine. Long I've been tossed like the driven foam, but now, proud world, I'm going home. Goodbye to flattery's fawning face, to grandeur with his wise grimace, to upstart wealth's averted eye, to supple office low and high, to crowded halls, to court and street, to frozen hearts and hasting feet, to those who go and those who come. Goodbye, proud world, I'm going home. I'm going to my own hearthstone, bosomed in yon green hills alone, a secret nook in a pleasant land whose groves the frolic fairies planned, where arches green the livelong day echo the blackbird's roundelay, and vulgar feet have never trod 
a spot that is sacred to thought and God. Oh, when I am safe in my sylvan home, I tread on the pride of Greece and Rome. And when I am stretched beneath the pines, where the evening star so holy shines, I laugh at the lore and the pride of man, at the sophist schools and the learned clan. For what are they all in their high conceit, when man in the bush with God may meet? Next time I do it right The best I can I'm sorry For leaving you so soon But I had to go To the place I have Been longing for to thank you for the good times much more for the bad times you stayed by my side we laughed in joy and cried in pain it's all the same it's life with all its faces
This is a bohemian beat, and that was Serapis with Goodbye. And before that, Laurelie King reading a poem by Ralph Waldo Emerson called Goodbye. Renouncing the world and forgetting the ways of men leaves time to connect to nature and that beauty that is all around us, which is the theme of this next poem by Sarah Teasdale, an American lyric poet who lived between 1884 and 1933. In 1918, she won a Pulitzer Prize for her 1917 poetry collection, Love Songs. This next poem by Sarah Teasdale is called August Moonrise. The sun was gone and the moon was coming over the blue Connecticut hills. The west was rosy, the east was flushed, and over my head the swallows rushed this way and that with changeful wills. I heard them twitter and watched them dart, now together and now apart, like dark petals blown from a tree. The maples stamped against the west were black and stately and full of rest, and the hazy orange moon grew up and slowly changed to yellow gold, while the hills were darkened, fold on fold, to a deeper blue than a flower could hold. Down the hill I went, and then, I forgot the ways of men, for night scents, heady and damp and cool, wakened ecstasy in me on the brink of a shining pool. Oh, beauty, out of many a cup you have made me drunk and wild ever since I was a child. But when have I been sure as now that no bitterness can bend and no sorrow wholly bow one who loves you to the end. And though I must give my breath and my laughter all to death and my eyes through which joy came and my heart a wavering flame, if all must leave me and go back along a blind and fearful track so that you can make anew, fusing with intenser fire something nearer your desire, if my soul must go alone through a cold infinity, or even if it vanish too, beauty, I have worshipped you. Let this single hour atone for the theft of all of me. So I written and I saw it say Bingo Moon is on his way None of you stand so tall Bingo Moon and I get you hands
with Pink Moon and before that Anne Solway reading a poem by Sarah Teasdale called August Moonrise. Where Teasdale sees divinity in nature and beauty, English metaphysical poet John Donne, who lived between 1573 and 1631, believed loving someone can lead to a religious experience. In many of his works, John Donne sees love as both physical and spiritual. To this end, he often suggests that the love he has for a particular beloved in a particular poem is superior to that of others' loves. For Dunn, loving someone is as much a religious experience as a physical one. His love transcends mere physicality, and thus it is of a higher order than that of more mundane lovers. So when he is parted from his lover, he has a more positive outlook. The following poem by Dunn considers the power of absence through time. Time and Absence by John Dunn Absence, hear thou my protestation against thy strength, distance and length. Do what thou canst for alteration, for hearts of truest metal, absence doth join and time doth settle. Who loves a mistress of such quality? His mind hath found affection's ground beyond time, place and all mortality. To hearts that cannot vary, absence is present, time doth tarry. My senses want their outward motion, which now within reason doth win, redoubled by her secret notion, like rich men that take pleasure in hiding more than handling treasure. By absence this good means I gain, that I can catch her where none can watch her, in some close corner of my brain. There I embrace and kiss her, and so enjoy her, and none miss her.
flights. And before that, Tim Graham reading a poem by John Donne called Time and Absence. You are listening to The Bohemian Beat, a show about poetry. Can you believe that a lot of people don't have much time for poetry? Imagine that. Some think that reading poems is boring or just something you had to do for English class. However, the poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow had a message, for he wanted poems to be part of our everyday lives. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, who lived between 1807 and 1882, was the most widely published and most famous American poet of the 1800s. Longfellow wrote predominantly lyric poems, known for their musicality, and often presenting stories of mythology and legend. He became the most popular American poet of his day and also had success overseas. In this next poem, The Day Is Done, Longfellow thinks that sometimes, after a long hard day, all you need is a good poem. The Day Is Done by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow The day is done and the darkness falls from the wings of night as a feather is wafted downward from an eagle in his flight. I see the lights of the village gleam through the rain and the mist, and a feeling of sadness comes o'er me that my soul cannot resist. A feeling of sadness and longing that is not akin to pain, and resembles sorrow only as the mist resembles the rain. Come, read to me some poem some simple and heartfelt lay that shall soothe this restless feeling and banish the thoughts of day. Not from the grand old masters, not from the bard sublime, whose distant footsteps echo through the corridors of time. For like strains of martial music, their mighty thoughts suggest life's endless toil and endeavor, and tonight I long for rest. Read from some humbler poet whose songs gushed from his heart as showers from the clouds of summer or tears from the eyelids start. Who through long days of labor and nights devoid of ease still heard in his soul the music of wonderful melodies. 
Such songs have power to quiet the restless pulse of care and come like the benediction that follows after prayer. Then read from the treasured volume the poem of thy choice and lend to the rhyme of the poet the beauty of thy voice. And the night shall be filled with music and the cares that infest the day shall fold their tents like the Arabs and as silently steal away. As I walk these narrow streets Where a million passing feet have trod before me Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds with Singer. And before that, Florence Henderson reading a poem called The Day is Done by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. 
a poet whose poems and stories have provided a rich source of positive expansion towards putting into perspective woeful states of mind is Khalil Gibran, who lived between 1883 and 1931. He is an artist, poet, writer and philosopher, born in Lebanon but spent most of his life in the United States. Gibran made his mark writing works of spiritual philosophy and prose poems on life's existential challenges, as illustrated in The Prophet, a book of 26 poetic essays written in English in 1923. In the book, the Prophet al-Mustafa, who has lived in the foreign city of Orphalese for 12 years, is about to board a ship which will carry him home. He is stopped by a group of people with whom he discusses many issues of life and the human condition, including pain, which is the name of this next piece, From the Prophet, read by William Simpson. Chapter 16 on Pain And a woman spoke, saying, Tell us of pain. He said, Your pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. Even as the stone of the fruit must break, that its heart may stand in the sun, so must you know pain. And could you keep your heart in wonder at the daily miracles of your life, your pain would seem less wondrous than your joy, and you would accept the seasons of your heart even as you have always accepted the seasons that pass over your fields. And you would watch with serenity through the winters of your grief. Much of your pain is self-chosen. It is the bitter potion by which the physician within you heals your sick self. Therefore, trust the physician and drink his remedy in silence and tranquility. For his hand, though heavy and hard, is guided by the tender hand of the unseen. And the cup he brings, though it burns your lips, has been fashioned of the clay which the potter has moistened with his own sacred tears.
This is a bohemian beat, and that was Divinals with Pleasure and Pain. And before that, a piece from the prophet called Pain by Khalil Gibran. Wow, we have come to the end of another poetic hour. I hope you are enjoying the poetry as much as I am, and thank you for supporting the Bohemian Beat over the years. It is always wonderful to hear from you, and so please drop us a line and check out the Bohemian Beat website, thebohemianbeat.com. And I'll be back next week, same beat time, same Bohemian frequency. And we will end with another sonnet by Shakespeare called Who Will Believe My Verse in Time to Come? Read by Jack Edwards. Thank you for joining me on the Bohemian Beat. I'm ready. Who will believe my verse in time to come? If it were filled with your most high deserts, though yet heaven knows it is but as a tomb which hides your life and shows not half your parts. If I could write the beauty of your eyes and in fresh numbers number all your graces, the age to come would say, this poet lies, such heavenly touches ne'er touched earthly faces. So should my papers, yellowed with their age, be scorned like old men of less truth than tongue, and your true rights be termed a poet's rage and stretched metre of an antique song. But were some child of yours alive that time, you should live twice in it and in my rhyme. Was young and new, but we lost it to 
don't know where 